everybody. It's the Birds and the Lees, and we are back. We are not yet done with COVID, apparently, but we're back after, I don't know what, like six months? Yeah, I think the last we, time we recorded was like March. Yeah, we took a longer break than we anticipated. I think we thought we were going to be done, but you know what? Mm. We just decided to jump back into it, and I'm Nathan, and I am here with my lovely wife, Kim. Kim, how are you today? I am great. She's great. And so what we thought is, you know, we're going to ease back into this thing because it's been a while. We're a little rusty, I think. Um, but, you, you know, as we've tried to uh, pull our feelings and our thoughts together on, uh, you know, what's happened and what's been going on, I think just the best thing is just kind of catch up with us. And uh, so for most of you guys, I would probably say the majority of everybody, you guys have all been on some kind of quarantine lockdown restrictions since uh, March, at least. Yep. Um, at the, I would probably say at the latest, some of you were probably in that beforehand. And as you know, a lot has happened in the world since then. We went mm-hmm. through the summer. We went through the beginning of the school year. Our kids, uh, you know, a combination of different things of being online school and uh, live school. And then, you know, we have this little thing called the presidential election, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which, uh, <laughs> which, you know, <laughs> I heard the best joke. <laughs> today and maybe it's I, I think it's appropriate for the birds and the leaves but it basically said this it said if your election lasts longer than 48 hours call a doctor or a lawyer mm-hmm. <laughs> and i thought that was pretty funny yeah yeah so we're all in the middle of that so suffice to say i would say the simplest thing has been to say that this is an unusual year yep and uh, i think one of the things if you've listened uh, to the birds and the leaves with us for a little while you know that we have had many unusual years <laughs> in our marriage yes. and uh, you know <clears throat> kind of by way of recap uh, we went into 2020 um after la- i mean we came back from a ski trip you yeah, came down with a with- horrible illness it was so odd. Like I, <laughs> nothing tasted good, and you couldn't I taste was, anything. Yeah, and it, I happened to be around a bunch of people when it happened. Yeah, and um, what a blessing though that I we don't believe if it was COVID. There's no way to tell because they're saying antibodies don't last that long as far as where we're at now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but as far as we can tell by chance, I'm a very um, clean person. And the way that I said it, I was the mountain mom, as mm-hmm. we call it. So I was sitting at the bottom. I was taking care of kids as they came in with uh, needing Band-Aids or aspirin or Tylenol or whatever mm-hmm. ailment they had or even hunger. And I had set it up so everything was single serve. Uh, basically, if they needed chapstick, I handed it to them on a tiny spatula. If they need a Band-Aid, it was a single Band-Aid individually wrapped. Yeah. So... Um, what a blessing God provided that wisdom ahead of well, time. Well, and, and to give a little bit, we kind of jumped in the story. We were on a ski trip with a bunch of high schoolers from our church. We actually, yeah. uh, we, we hired a new youth director, um, and there had been a ski trip on the books. So we jumped in to help. Ended up being a really neat trip because we only had about 20 people. It was a small trip. Um, and, mm-hmm. and that is true. You had played, actually, before you'd even gotten ill, Yes, you had gone into this kind of... Uh, sanitary mom like you said you were the yeah. you were the base mom and uh, you had all these precautions and everything and i think ultimately uh, that was really interesting because it kept us i think from from experiencing some potential issues because as we look back we're pretty confident that uh, you had covid and yeah. uh yeah. you know that was something we didn't anticipate uh mm-hmm. but i remember you being incredibly ill incredibly yeah. sick 
and uh, probably the sickest I've ever seen you. So the realities of if it was COVID, there's a legit concern about being ill with it. Um, You know, what we find is anybody who listens to this, anybody we interact is going to have a variety of opinions (laughs) on COVID and the state (laughs) of things. And, And what I wanted to do tonight is just through the process of that, hopefully what we've each of us has had a chance to do is learn at least one or two things in the middle of 2020. We talk about how 2020 is so rough, but you know, if there's no nothing we've learned, then maybe there's, you know, unfortunately we, we need to find value in, in the things we go through. Right. But it was, it was an interesting time because uh, being a pastor at a church, you know, COVID lockdowns come on and we talked about this, you know, back when we were still recording before yeah. The COVID lockdowns come in, and all of a sudden, you're having to um, adjust everything you're doing to fit this new paradigm of online service and uh, making videos. And interestingly enough, we were able to reopen fairly early. I think we were end of May. We reopened. In fact, we were one of the uh, earliest churches in our area to reopen, good or bad, right or wrong. You know, I think it was good. And we didn't have any real issues. In fact, we had an incredible team who put together uh you know a, a process of getting through and and I think that was one of the things that we really saw was uh the one of the things we've been talking about a lot in our in our church has been the idea amongst the staff about teaming yeah it's and huge this was a prime example of that I think even within our personal relationships with people the idea of teaming and, and coming together and um you know that was important. But it just has been this this crazy whirlwind, and, and I think for anyone uh, who's listening who has kids or relatives all over the U.S., you know this has just been kind of insane yep. um, when we think about it, that we would be in a position, in a place where suddenly we couldn't, we can't get on an airplane without wearing a mask. Remember when you <laughs> yeah. weren't supposed to get on an airplane wearing a mask <laughs> because Look, of security well, risk? Yeah. Remember when you could walk straight up to a plane even if you weren't on it? Well, yeah, that, that's that been a while, but <laughs> uh, it's been a while since that. But but still, I mean, now we have to get on a plane and sit next to somebody and we actually have to have a mask on Yeah. Um, everywhere we go. Uh, for kids, this has been... Uh, they've adjusted, I think, better than a lot of people because they just kind of got used to it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kids are resilient. They're going to do that. But I think for the majority of us, this this idea of now somebody's dictating what we need to do, we're not used to that. Right. We're not used to that as a country. We're not used to that as a culture. Um, it was interesting today we were talking about um, uh kind of things that we're seeing this is just a just the leadership sitting together and we're praying and we're talking about one of the things we want to pray for is uh no emotional division um in the midst of all this whether your opinion on COVID or whether your opinion on the election uh, each of us falls in a different place on the scale but the fear is that we will have this emotional division in which we don't you know there used to be you'd say hey you know what I love you uh, you're my brother in Christ, you're my sister in Christ. We just we just see differently on that. Right. That's not the case anymore. Right. I think that is going to be our greatest, um, you know, if we want to narrow and, and focus in on a subject tonight, I think mm-hmm. that's a good one because when we set out to record tonight, we were kind of like, well, what do we talk about? It's been like six months and uh, just happened to be this subject we talked about this morning is what has been the emotional impact of covid 
and the election and things like that and, and all of the stuff went on with George Floyd and all of these things that our children see on the news, they see adults reacting to, um, but seems to be even within the church creating an emotional division. Oh, absolutely. Where yeah. no longer it is, I see differently. And almost sides, right? Well, yeah, there, mean, there seems to be sides um, that seem to be, uh, I, you know, we. it's interesting, it used to be, uh, you would have these kind of sides taken in certain situations. And then at the end, it would be like, hey, we got to come back together. Um, and unity is the key. And I don't necessarily see that as something people are wanting to go back to. Right. Um, is, you know, and this is what we teach our kids. We teach our kids to be peacemakers, to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think in the current climate, the idea that if you pick one side over the other, you're anti uh, uh, anyone. Yeah. With a, a differing opinion, not just that you disagree, but you're anti. And I'm not saying I'm not picking one side or the other on either topic. Yeah. Both of them seem to communicate both sides. If you do this, you are anti this. Well, do you these, feel like that's kind of been I think that has been more prevalent this time around. Having sat through so many elections and different things that have happened and seen people's opinions on them. I feel like that's been the most unique thing during this whole time. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think there has been a, I mean, these aren't the only two issues that we see right now that are happening in our country. We've got, you know, racial tensions that are really, really strong right now. Um, No matter what side you're on, the people on both sides are super elevated in passion. Mm -hmm. Uh, You have the elections for sure. And with the elections come a host of different changes that might come, no matter yeah. who gets elected. You've got the uh, the whole COVID situation, which is active and growing. And mm-hmm. now we don't know where this is going to go over Christmas time. Yeah. So, yes, I think out of weariness for where we have been in the last six months, People don't want to be very forgiving because they're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Forgiving somewhat, not forgiving, um, being accepting of someone else's opinion can be exhausting depending on how it's approached. And I think at this point, people don't have the bandwidth to reach out and say, I still care about you. Yeah, I think there's another, I mean, and the other thing we want to say this, in regards to subjects, we want to, we don't want to minimize someone's emotional reaction, right? Obviously, no. there's going to be a strong emotional reaction to something as terrible as racism, right? Yeah. There, I yeah. mean, rightfully so. There is going to be, uh, because it is a heinous thing. Right. Um, what I feel is what is happening is we're losing the ability uh, to reasonably think what is one thing and what is not? Let's, for instance, let's take let's take the election. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, either side has been, for the most part, if you pick a, mm-hmm. you immediately fit the profile of this. Right. There's no nuance, and that's the thing we were we were discussing the other day. A friend of mine at work was saying, "There's literally no nuance to our discussions anymore. It's it's just this broad lumping of if you did this, then you are that." And it right. doesn't matter what side, right? You know, if you're a Trump supporter, you're a racist and a mm-hmm. misogynist and you hate women. If you're yep. a Biden supporter, you're a socialist, you're a communist, you hate America. Right. Um, and in between there is kind of this broad spectrum of where people fall. Yes, there are people who support Trump who are incredibly racist. Mm-hmm. Um, they are this extreme 
way, way over. I would say, you know, they call them far right or whatever. I actually would believe that they're actually beyond that. And I'm not trying to something get too else, political. Whatever they're, that is. They're either something else or, uh, and then in that spectrum, you kind of swing in and you have people who maybe hold to some light viewpoints that are not right and wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just in everything. And then you have this yeah. other side that swing in the left all the way over to embracing uh, the socialist ideas, the communist ideas. And, and what's missing now is this common ground for us to be able to talk. And each one is pointing the finger at the other saying, you're the reason why we can't do this, mm-hmm. right? You're yep. either, you know, it's either like you supported Trump, so you can't speak to this, or you supported Biden, so you can't speak, or you supported the lockdowns for COVID, mm-hmm. uh, so therefore you don't have any room, you're, you, you don't get to speak to this, and we don't get to have this dialogue. Right. And then meanwhile, our kids are watching this. Mm-hmm. And we're telling our children to be peacemakers, to be reasonable thinkers, yeah. and to go out and, and try to uh, discuss things or work things out with their friends in a reasonable adult manner. Yeah. And yet what they're learning is now, if you don't agree with me, you are this. You are A. Yeah. Right. And I am now personally threatened by you. Mm. Um, granted, there are thoughts and ideals that do lead and have led in history to threats and dangers sure. to people's lives. Yeah. But I honestly want to sit there and say how many of us actually encounter those in our day-to-day life. Sure, there are some. But that's the thing we've gotten to, is we have not been able to sit there and reasonably think, is this statement that somebody says, we've not been able to look at it objectively and say, what is it that they're saying? And and again, back to either side. Mm -hmm. Because I have gut reactions to to things that I read that I don't agree with. I have gut reactions. I have gut reactions within the Christian world of Mm -hmm. things people say. Right. And initially, I I have to step back and I got to go, okay, hold on. Let's stop. Let's think about what they're saying, where it comes from. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. A lot of times it's mostly just an automatic reaction. So I don't know where you feel on this because you've been blessed with the ability to just kind of, you know what, I'm just going to kind of focus on what I need to do. (laughs) Right. I need to focus on what I'm doing. I recognize all this. I'm able to separate myself from that, love people in spite of differences, but you know, what my fear is, is we're getting to the point where no longer will we say, we think differently, but I still love you. I think that's right. leaving. Yeah. So I think one of the things we have to think about is, you know, who our audience is that might be listening to this. The reality is a lot of our audience is going to know us. Um, and much of our audience is uh, loves to love Jesus mm-hmm. in one way or another. Um, I think within that, you start thinking about, okay, so how does this affect our community as a whole? How does this behavior that we're seeing outside or inside our home change what we're doing for Christ? Um, something that you and I made a decision on years ago, I, I think it was three years ago or so, there was one night we were sitting there and we were totally fed up with whatever news station we were watching, and uh, we made a family decision to no longer watch any sort of, I'm going to say news. Now that's a general statement because we still watch if I, (laughs) 
I really get into the weather. If you know me, you know that I will give you general forecasts for the next coming week. <laughs> That's what I do. Um, I love to protect my friends. But we do not watch typically anything political unless it is, uh, how do I say that, like like changing this, the tone of history. I think right? what we have to do is, is, you know, here's the thing. Uh, let's say this list, this previous election, we didn't watch a lot of it. No, because truthfully, we knew where both candidates were. You can find right? it online. Well, be, but also yeah. historically, because we know there are two people we're familiar right. with, so we yes. know where they're coming from. Yes. If it was a candidate unknown mm-hmm. that we didn't know a lot about, we would watch. We would watch to I, see, and and we've done that, right? Someone we're not well, fully, in, or I have. I would say I would not. I would go to their direct resource. Well, yeah, you would and, do that. Yeah, and read what they're about. But in, in this instance, we, we didn't really turn it on because we're like, no. we kind of, we know where these guys are, you know? And so we'll yeah. make our decisions based on what we know and and we did some reading, but there was mm-hmm. really no need. And I think that's helped because we're not, uh, that influence is not coming in. In fact, what's been really mm-hmm. entertaining is uh, our son, we found out that he and his friends uh, had been inspired to start a revolution at their school Yeah. Um, because of what they were hearing, I guess, at school or another, you know, at home yeah. or whatnot. But uh, it turned into a mini civics lesson because they were <laughs> establishing a form of government on the playground, which we Ooh. thought it was just a game. And then we found out that they were holding debates. It and there was, was so a, much. There was a constitution. <laughs> Our son was appointed chief justice of the Supreme Court. Uh, some real misunderstandings of how the government is supposed to work. and But a great learning experience. Great learning experience. There was an interest there. And ultimately, though they did tear up the Constitution mm-hmm. and that it all fell apart, at least there was some conversation that was had there. Yeah. Um, and, and I kept thinking that. I was like, okay, I'm looking at these kids on this playground who are arguing over who gets to be in charge. And ultimately, down to the COVID thing even, yeah. it's really down to who's in charge, right? It's yeah. who's getting to say what. Um, whatever they believe they're bringing to the table. And, yeah. and, and everyone says, oh, we're, we're relying on the science. Hey, guys, look, here's the thing. Nobody's relying on the science. That is my opinion. Right. Everybody has got their, and here's why, because they're all bringing their own people to the table. Mm-hmm. And their own people to the table think the same exact way they do. So one side says we got to go into lockdown. They're going to back themselves up. We, we've lost the ability to realize that, that object, yeah. objectivity is pretty much gone. And yeah. the only ones who can who can remain objective to the best of their ability, I believe, is the people. Right. Because we have to be the ones that have to take both sides, weigh it against each other, and go, okay, which one of these do I see objectively as telling the truth and understanding? Uh, yeah. And that's what we want to teach our children. And right. I, I didn't intend for this to get into a political thing, but in the midst of this whole situation, the last six months, dialogue and objectivity seem to be the things that have gone away. Yeah. Everybody was already in their camps going into this. Yeah. I, one thing I have come over COVID to really appreciate is my education about how to research. I, I really can't thank my graduate level teachers enough for teaching me how to figure out who the background is about what's happening why they're doing it mm-hmm. what are they backed by where are they getting money from yeah and now if so my personal stance on looking up any documentation or research or papers 
I have to know who created those. Mm-hmm. I also have to know how they're backed financially. Yeah. Now, when you put those into play, all of a sudden, it becomes real hard <laughs> to find non-biased information. Well, and yeah, and and then you have to weigh the two together and find the mm-hmm. find the con- consistencies, find the common ground. Which because yeah. somewhere in between, there's the things that line up and sound right. You know, there's there's the, there's this story, this story, and somewhere in the middle is the combination of the two. That's a simplistic way of thinking of it, but it is exactly what it is. Mm-hmm. And we do have to engage in that. And again, our kids are watching us do that. In fact, our son came up to us, and I'm not going to get into detail about this because there may be people who have differing views on things, mm-hmm. but specifically asked why we would vote one party over another. And I didn't get to happen to be home that point, but you had the chance, again, without going into detail, to yeah. explain why you voted one way or the other. Um, instead of just saying they're bad. Yeah. Here's the issues, plural, because I don't believe in one issue voting. Right. I believe that we have to see the big, broader picture or single issue voting. These are the things why. These are the things that impact us and our friends and what we believe to be, you know, and, and how we believe it impacts our community. These are the things we're going to vote for. Right. It has nothing to do with whether we like the person or not. It's. Do they are they able to address the issues that we believe are important? Right. And uh, you know, honestly, there have been candidates I've voted for. It's like I couldn't sit in a room with this person. I don't yeah. like them. Yeah. But I voted for them. Right. It's right. like, but it's because I want their job to be done um, and done well. Um, and again, I may be, I may be. People may be listening if they are getting ticked off and saying, you know, trying to assume things about me. Or you, um, but you know that's the issue again. Is everything seems to be kind of a of a hunt to determine who is where, and even our son has encountered this mm-hmm. on the playground of like, yeah. okay, who's who, where, you know who and kids do that. Who do you right. like? Who do you like? And they're learning, I think, social ostracization from their families by saying we can't interact with this person because of A, B, or C. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're not going to talk to you because you. And what it's continuing to do is it's continuing to rip people apart. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's been a, you know, all this weekend, I've seen so many things where, again, from either side of, of the presidential election, let's start there, of saying, I can't go to Thanksgiving because, you know, essentially I've written off my parents or I've written off my child or yeah. because they espouse this belief. We've literally gotten to that point, mm-hmm. and I think in the church, unfortunately, we're starting to head that way. Right. But yet the greatest thing we're supposed to, one of the greatest things, I should say, we're supposed to be striving for is unity. Yeah. The problem has become is we're seeing unity in a framework of earthly versus mm-hmm. um, the focus being on actually what we're called to do and so that's where we have to engage with our children and say okay look look at the you have to look at this world through uh god's lens and what you're supposed to be doing right um then you can stay focused on then you can have those conversations then things tend to not offend you things tend to not uh, Mm -hmm. work you up because you're looking at it in the right framework right and that's something we decided as a church, we were going to sit there and say, look, in the midst of all of this, we recognize the things that are heinous. We recognize the things that are terrible that are going on. We recognize the things that uh, are the pain people are experiencing. The solution to that is Jesus. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're going to focus on. Yeah. Um, the ultimate solution, the 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 uh, is him. And so you people can't these things can't change without him right. and his power. So, um, you know, that has been and I've seen that way on you some uh, by just with because you're you're <laughs> you're much more compassionate than I am. <laughs> Where I'm sitting there zeroing in on the reason and the like, and not that you're not a reasonable person, but like, okay, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. You're sitting there going, but yeah, but wait a minute, that person's hurting. Yeah. And I can get caught up in the in the practical, like, okay, we got to fix this. You can be sitting there going, and you're the one sitting there going, hey, how are you? Yeah. So I, I, uh, my personality type, the way I was born, I just have a high, they call it emotional quotient um i would say you you have off the chart empathy yeah my empathy is very very high but that can also i mean that's that is equally as hard to deal with when you're talking about someone i'm just gonna pull a random issue um someone who absolutely believes abortion is a right across the board well I, i understand it's scary to get pregnant i get that Right. It is it is really hard to look that in the face and say when you're 21 and having the time of your life and not married and and things you feel are really good. I get how that could be an option. I get how, you know, that I get it. And so it's hard. It, It can be equally as hard to see that in an election and think, yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. But you got to take it out of that one single context or I mean maybe that's millions of people I don't know and really judge that against biblical standards yeah uh, it's it's you got to see one we do have to see the people right yeah. but I think what ends up happening is we lose sight of um, the people and again, I'm not going to dig down into the nuances of an issue on this. I think ultimately what we have to remember that the mission of the gospel, the mission of, of uh, sharing the message of everlasting life with people so that they believe, yeah. uh, so that they would believe, that they would recognize the truth and believe is our utmost priority. Absolutely. Um, because ultimately... Uh, Personally, I am of the I am of the understanding scripturally and biblically that you know what this is not our home. This place is mm-hmm. not going to last the way it is. Right. Um, Christ is returning. Mm-hmm. Um, he is coming to you know judge the world. He's coming to get his church. We want as many people a part of that as we can, and we don't be- we don't look around and go, okay, you don't get to hear about it. Right. You that's, know that's not our choice. It's their choice to whether they recognize the truth or they listen. Yeah, um, it's our job to communicate that as much as we can to everyone. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, I think what ends up happening is that message, the most important message, gets drowned out. Right. By the messages that focus on the immediate mm-hmm. and not the future. Mm-hmm. And so the shift to the immediate neglects or abandons or waters down or even shrouds the ultimate one right which is the one we need to be prioritizing and saying look this if you if you look towards this ultimate message and follow if you believe you have everlasting life and then you follow in that and you live in that you see that that impacts the uh, the now the immediate yeah the things right in front of your face 
I feel like sometimes we're, we're doing it in reverse, mm-hmm. right? If I take care and I address all these things now, um, then somehow I will focus on, you know, the things eternal, the things of the future, or maybe even then I'll believe, you know, whatever it is. And, and that's, a sim- again, simple way of thinking about it. But what COVID election and all 2020, I think probably my biggest lesson is, man, we can get off track on <laughs> the most important things super fast. Yeah. I mean, I think um, so in the midst of all this, we had a grandmother. I did. Had a, I, we are a unit, but I had a grandmother that uh-huh. passed away, um, went into, went from living in her own apartment, going to hospice and passing all between March and this week. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that for me was really a, a uh, something to watch, almost a timestamp yeah. and a reminder through this process of what's really, really important. Um, we did choose, and this was totally my choice. No one forced this at all. Uh, she was living with my mom and my stepdad, and we chose for the safety of everyone because we have kids and are more exposed. Yeah. Um, that we would not go to see her at my mom's house to hopefully protect the life that she had left and allow that time to be more peaceful and more natural um, with whatever her passing was going to look like. Um, but that did keep it in perspective for yeah. me. And I blessing or curse, however you want to look at the how that all played out, yeah. it did keep things in perspective for me that... Um, not you know at the end of the day i'm not going to be in that place when i'm dying and that matter mm-hmm. those what's going to matter is the compassion and kindness i had through it all yeah yeah i you know one of the things that uh, again the extreme reactions let's 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 take covid uh, you know we have we, we know some who are like i'm never i'm never coming back to church because you know, yeah. either you are wearing masks or you aren't wearing masks or uh, or what. And, and early on, we, I decided, I said, look, I hate masks. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not necessarily convinced that uh, it's as bad as everybody's saying. I, that's right. just my opinion. Right. However, um, objectively, I see that there are people who this is a real legitimate concern for. Yeah. And there are really groups, uh, age demographic stuff that this mm-hmm. does impact yeah. tremendously yeah. Um, in a negative way. Like you know, our grandparents. Our grandparents. Uh-huh. So if I have to experience the discomfort of a mask, which I hate wearing, mm-hmm. I have a beard, it's awful. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to wear it. It's not that big a deal. It's it's something that is an annoyance but it's a far, it's a far, uh, I'm trying to think of the right word. It's, it's less of an annoyance to wear it than it is to think somebody is not coming because of me. Right. Somebody's either not coming to church or somebody's uh, feeling uh, uncomfortable or, uh, y- you know, I'm not giving the right impression that I care because I do want to, I do want to, okay, I can be annoyed a little bit uh, to, you know, care for you in that way. And so that's why, you know, as a church, we decided, look, you know, we're going to make sure we're following the, the, we're going to follow the county mandates and stuff because we want people to Mm -hmm. know that we actually care about where they are emotionally, uh, where they are, um, you know, uh, with where they, where their position is. And we try to balance between the two. 
Right. We learned early on, and we are still learning, you can't win. Right. Uh, with some, it, it, you're going to continue to experience those who call you one thing or see it one way or the other. And we just, ha- we've kind of accepted it's like, look, you know what, until this COVID thing's over, or the we're just going to kind of be, sometimes we're going to be punching bags. Yeah. Um, and that's a hard reality for any, I know I talk to a lot of pastors every day, mm-hmm. and all of them are tired. There's no pastor oh, that yeah, is yeah. super excited. We've been through COVID and major racial tensions and an election and more COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that's the thing is is the assumption that just because, you know, if a, if a church doesn't speak from the pulpit about it doesn't mean that those things don't weigh on them. Right. Right. They right. do. It's, it's a decision to uh, see the solution as... Um, uh, doubling down on making sure people know the gospel and life transformation. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you that it does weigh on everyone and mm-hmm. it, 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 it burdensome and it's exhausting and pain is pain and hurt is a terrible thing to watch your friends go through uh, your, your community go through. I mean, to sit there and say that anyone walks away. I, I mean, yeah, there are some people who are, uh, just numb to it. I, maybe they're sociopathic. I don't know. You know, yeah. they just like, I don't care. And they have this uh, tremendous amount of just, I'm only looking out for myself, but I can speak to the people I know that is absolutely 100% ways on them. Yeah. Um, uh, division, uh, uh, anger, uh, hatred of one another. And I, and I think we're crossing back into a hatred of one another. So, so with where we're at right now. Yeah. How have you taken care of yourself as a pastor? Uh, I had to, one, I had to step away for a while from uh, things like social media. Um, mm-hmm. I had yeah, to take because some although we don't watch the news, it does come across, all uh, people's opinions come across in places. Yeah, it wasn't the news itself. It was people's reaction to the news and to each other was just, it was right. demoralizing and depressing. So I had to step away from that. Uh, there was definitely a decision not to engage with those things in social media from my perspective. I yeah. chose, you know what, I'm just going to do stupid stuff, silly stuff, yeah. you know, yeah. um, because that was that seemed like neutral ground where no one could try to interpret. And it wasn't necessarily a fear. It was just, OK, this is it was almost like creating a space where, OK, look, this is this is a refreshing space. Well, I think that goes into a deeper uh, a deeper topic, which we can discuss some other time about pastors being kind of a soft landing spot. Right. Mm. You're you're called to be above reproach Mm -hmm. on those things. And because if somebody that you disagree with their political stance comes in and has been abused, you need to be they need to be able to feel trust in you no matter what the political climate is. Exactly. They've got to know that you are advocating and 100 percent on their side. Yeah. um, And care about them. You know, and that's I think, you know, one of the things we said today was we just pray. Good night. I mean, that's mm-hmm. it. That's it's almost sometimes all you can yeah. is just sit down and just and just pray and go, okay, look, I, I am in uncharted waters here. Right. Never have I I mean, like as a kid in the uh, you know, born in the early seventies, you know, I didn't see necessarily I was too young. I didn't see the racial tension of the sixties. I didn't see necessarily right. what was still carrying on into the seventies. I kind of experienced it in the eighties, but there's never been a real time until now that there's been this like division in our nation. And so this is, this is hard for me, but it's it's also thinking, you know, this is for my 10 year old. Yeah. This is kind of what he knows. Right. Cause we saw the, you know, Mm -hmm. the beginnings of what was simmering 
under right. there already starting to come out. Um, and it was just getting, you know, it was escalating, escalating, escalating. And, uh, you know, whoever uh, was speaking and blaming one or the other, you know, this is right. kind of the world he's in now. Yeah, um, which it means it's normalized. It, well, it is, yeah. It's very normal. Like, this is how people interact. Mm-hmm. And so I've been just praying a lot of praying for the end of it. Like, right. like, is there right. some, like, end to this? Um, yeah, I don't I know what it is. I won't lie. I had hoped that somebody would win the election. <laughs> well, yeah, we kind of hope. Uh, one way <laughs> or the other. Just get past this? I just want it to be done. You know, I, yeah. I, I'm... Whatever outcome I was, I'm ready to go. Okay, yeah, that's the outcome. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, yeah. let's let's get going. I don't yeah. care. Um, you know, I cast my vote. Whichever mm-hmm. one landed is the winner. I'm. I, that's always how I've been. It's like I cast my vote. Okay, yeah. if my guy won or if he didn't, I just go. Okay, let's go. Let's yeah. move on. Um, because that's all we can do. You know, it doesn't do any good to sit there and stomp around and and be angry all the time. Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Um, let's live our life in the next election cycle that rolls around. If we didn't like it, we vote. If we get out and we do what we can. Um, but to sit there and wallow in, you know, whatever, you know, speak your mind, speak, speak the truth. Yeah. Um, and I do believe, and I'm probably going to offend someone, I believe there is a truth, and it's not necessarily always your truth. Right. Um, just because you say it's your truth doesn't mean it is the truth. There is a truth that's definitive, and it's found in God's word. So uh, I'm going to speak to that, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully that be what shapes how I live. Yeah. So I think that's what I've kind of had to fall back on is, okay, you're going to have to divorce the emotion mm-hmm. and just focus on what is important, but you're going to have to spend a lot of time praying because it's it, it, it just it wears you down. Yeah. So let's end this on a lighter note. Woo-hoo! Yeah. Um, what is your, one of your top favorite memories from 2020 during COVID? Oh, oh boy. Um, well, hopefully I won't offend. I put you on the spot. You did. I hope, no, 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 it's fine. I hopefully nobody will, (laughs) will react uh, negatively to this, but we actually took a trip in the summer with, with some friends. Less than 10 people. Less than 10 people. (laughs) We went to Colorado. We have a young adult life group and some of them were able to join us. And I would say the entire week was mm-hmm. my favorite memory. Yeah. Um, it was just a real blast. But I, I have to say that uh, the, the time I spent with a couple of the guys just fishing, we yeah. went fly fishing, and just there were so many funny little things right. that happened on the trip. But those times right there were really neat and really special um, the hanging around the cabin with everybody was really neat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think there was a point where we kind of were like, man, I don't want to go. You know, you're like, I don't want to go back because yeah. this in the midst of all of this, this is ideal. This is this is community working. This is yeah, uh, this is us getting along. This is us enjoying the time. We're not talking about all this other stuff. Right. We're just we're just living life and enjoying stuff. And yeah. I think that was a peaceful time. Mm-hmm. Um and so it was really hard to walk away from, but it was probably my highlight was that I think what ten days we spent. Yeah, it was like ten give days, or take give people, or take. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was mm-hmm. people kind of came and went, mm-hmm. but I would say that was probably my highlight. Yeah, yeah, that was fun. What about you? Um, mine would have been that trip, but specifically the games at night. Oh yeah, sitting around the table. Yeah, sitting around playing 
the the there's something very special ha- that happens between friends <laughs> when it's past bedtime. Oh yeah. There does not have to be any alcohol involved. <laughs> it just the silliness <laughs> of being up late. Um the real conversations that can be had, even the short ones that can be had, you know, a 10 minute conversation for some reason after 10 o'clock seems to be so much deeper and um, strengthen those bonds and friendships and the the hard, hard laughter that comes out of just the silliest comments, no matter what you're playing, you could be playing sorry and just absolute laughter on how it all plays out. Yeah. Is yeah. is one of that is definitely um a memory that I, I just I don't know that I'll ever forget the times we had sitting around that table <laughs> playing. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty funny. You know, we yeah. s- we spent some time sitting out on the porch watching, you know, shooting stars and stuff. And that mm-hmm. was you know, every bit of it was just neat to sit and relax and be around each other and i think that's what was missing i think that's what people were starved for yeah in lockdown was they were just starved for being around each other and wanting to be out so right you know i think i agree with you on that i think those were some of the best times and uh, i can't argue against that so yeah well we've said a lot in 40 minutes we have. And uh, you may have opinions. <laughs> maybe you don't care. Uh, but uh, maybe we said something you disagree with. Maybe we said something you do agree with. But the most important thing is, uh, you know what? We're uh, Everybody should be allowed to speak um, uh, their mind, their opinions, even if they're wrong. Uh, that's the freedom we have to do so. But it's also the freedom to love them and to share the truth with them. So um, if you want to say anything to us, uh, you can uh, get a hold of us at uh, thepodcastingleads at gmail.com. You can uh, leave a comment uh, on our uh, the, the page for um, uh, the birds and the leaves. You can email or, uh, you know, I'm messing this up. Hold on. Well, if you have any thoughts, uh, definitely we'd love to hear it. Obviously, we have opinions. Obviously, you have opinions. Obviously, there's things you'd like for us to talk about. You can get a hold of us at thepodcastingleads at gmail.com. Thank you guys for uh, joining us again. Hopefully, we can keep this rolling with more topics and uh, maybe take the turn to something that's not COVID or election focused in the next one. Life gets so busy. It does. It gets really crazy. (laughs) And we're doing our best to try to get back on here. So, um, again, thank you guys for listening. Until next time, this is Nathan. And this is Kim. And you guys have a great week. Thank you.